Trauma Therapist Podcast, episode 303. Welcome to the Trauma Therapist Podcast. My name is Guy McPherson. My mission is to raise awareness of trauma and to help support and inspire new trauma workers through this podcast and my membership community, Trauma Therapist 2.0. Thanks so much for joining me today, and here we go. All right, guys, welcome back to the Trauma Therapist Podcast. Very excited to have uh, on today John Clark. John, welcome. Guy, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. You are welcome, man. So John Clark is a licensed therapist, business coach, and wordsmith for therapists who help therapists fill the empty slots on their calendars and overcome their fears of digital marketing. He's learned a lot of things the hard way in multiple practices from the ground up in highly competitive regions of the country and started writing about those lessons at privatepracticeworkshop.com. Today, John owns a thriving private pay group practice in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is the founder of Unconditional Media, the digital marketing team for therapists in private practice nationwide. All right, man. Um, thanks so much for, again for doing this. Um, John had me on his podcast a while back, and um, I just had a real you know, easy connection with you and yeah. definitely wanted to bring you back here. Um, to, to share your knowledge and wisdom. So uh, before we get going, share with our listeners where you're from and uh, where you're calling from, and then let's go. Yeah, well, where I'm from and where I'm calling from are are, are quite contrasting. Um, <laughs> you know, I grew up in Virginia, actually. Um, right now, I am in Mexico. I've been oh, in Mexico wow. for about a month, and um, in part because the work that I do now affords me the ability to kind of be wherever, at least within reason, um, <laughs> and, and come back to come back to my group practice. Um, you know, I see a, few, a handful of therapy clients online, and some of those clients are from uh, my first practice in San Francisco, actually, which is also funny because I've been following you probably since I was in San Francisco, but mm-hmm. never got to, you know... Um, shake your hand while we were out there. So we'll have to make that happen soon. But um, yeah, so I've been I've been out here traveling and, and living um, and working on some projects and, and doing a lot of writing as well. So, you know, always working, but certainly when I, in a different environment, you tend to work a little bit differently, right? Yeah. Or tend to have kind of different inspiration. So that was part of the, um, the reasoning for coming to Mexico as well is just to kind of... Um, um, you know, just kind of hit the reset button a bit. And um, I, I always find that when, when you step back from your businesses, mm-hmm. the the issues as well as the really important stuff floats to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like for that. anyone, I always recommend stepping back as much as you can um, to see if the business you've built is really, um, is if it's still working, what's really important, you know, kind of the 80-20 rule, you know, the mm-hmm. 80%. Um, versus the twenty percent, so um, it's it's been illuminating to be here, though. Very yeah. cool, very cool. So let's we're going to get into that, um, but let's start out. You said you had a quote. What uh, what do you want to share? Yeah, so this is um, 
a, a quote by no one famous as far as I know, but um, it was a couple years ago when actually I left the Bay Area because I had applied to PhD programs in um, counselor education. So I'm an LPC, but wanted to go the route of counselor education. And unfortunately, I had to take the GRE again, which was a nightmare. <laughs> having, having already taken it for my master's program, I was, you know, I missed the cutoff date by like three months or something to be able to use those old scores. Mm. So I'm taking this class, and it's actually in downtown San Francisco. And we are working on these math problems. And it's one of those problems where it's like, you know, Dan is driving at 67 miles per hour trying to get to Tulsa. And, <laughs> and you're looking at it and you're going, I don't have all the information I need. What the right. heck? Right. What is this? You know, um, it's the last thing you want to be answering if you're, you know, not okay. in grade school and haven't done math for years. So we're sitting there and all of us are like, this is ridiculous. This question doesn't make sense. We don't have all the information we need. And my instructor, he would say over and over again, move forward in the absence of perfect information. Um, and I was like, I don't know if you're trying to be profound, but you are. Because <laughs> I'm like, I know it's about the math problem, but I'm like, as a therapist, you know, I hear words like that and I go, okay, that's, that's an incredible kind of idea, right? And a lot of us get stuck in wanting a complete set of information or wanting to know what's going to happen next, right? But you know, he would say that over and over and over again, and it definitely helped me in the test taking, but also it, it even informs kind of my clinical work and the way that I see um, solving the problems of, of our lives today. So it, it was so, just kind of one of those things. So move forward in the absence of perfect information? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So aside, well, let's kind of expand on that a little. Aside from the, the you know, association with the GRE, what, why that quote? I think so much of getting started on something difficult or something new is has a lot to do with your ability to work with what you have. Um, and, and I guess, you know, a lot of this comes down to the work I've done in building businesses and um, kind of growing um, and painfully at times into an entrepreneur and feeling like um, I don't have enough information. I don't quite know how to um, build an email list, right, or do a webinar or whatever it is. Um, but the ability to just keep moving forward and not getting stuck has, has had a lot to do with me getting to where I am. So I guess that, that's why I appreciate it so much. And I even share that, that little anecdote with, uh, with, with clients at times um, because I think sometimes our clients can get stuck as well, feeling like I don't have everything I need, you know, and life isn't uh, lining up the way it, it, I thought it was going to. Right. Um, but we have to keep moving forward. Yeah, I really like that. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, you have, I mean, from your website, which uh, I, I love, and I mean, obviously, we're going to have this uh, linked up at the show notes page here, uh, privatepracticeworkshop.com. But you've got a lot going on. Uh, you're an entrepreneur. You're helping therapists um, do, do a lot of different things. What do you mm-hmm. think is your, what do you think is kind of like your genius zone? Oh, man. In, in terms of like when I'm at my best? Yeah, with regard with within the context of working with therapists, helping therapists, you know, and your businesses and so forth. You know, I think part of it is from a coaching perspective, the ability to see something from a different angle than 
a therapist is seeing their practice or their business or their problems. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same. It's similar to what we do in therapy. And in fact, one of my own coaching clients at one point um, kind of jokingly referred to our work as like therapeutic business coaching because some <laughs> some part of what I do is technical and it's copywriting and it's um, you know, it's hands-on or it's crunching the numbers, but then a bigger part is helping therapists realize and, and come to terms with the fact that a business is in a way like a mirror, you know, mm-hmm. and so it brings up all of our stuff inevitably. Um, this was in the mirror thing was from my friend Kelly Higdon uh, from uh, Business School Boot Camp. Um, and so she kind of taught me about that, and it's just a little piece I've always taken with me. So I think part of it is um, just being because I have some distance from, let's say, a therapist business, Mm -hmm. uh, I can help them see it a little bit differently. Um, Donald Miller will describe it like being on the inside of like a soda bottle and trying to read the ingredients from the inside of the bottle. That's you in your private practice or your business or your idea. You're so close to it, you know. Um, And so I think just being that person on the outside really helps. And then going beyond the business coaching stuff – I, I kind of, um, at some point on the way in the past couple of years, I realized that I really like helping therapists get the words right to describe mm-hmm. what they do. And I was seeing that a lot of therapists were missing opportunities left and right. Even if you're getting 100 people a day to your website, mm-hmm. um, if the words aren't right, if the message isn't clear, um, you're going to lose every single one of those people. Mm-hmm. And so we have, a, we have a, a, a shorter and shorter opportunity now to to actually compel people to take action from our website in terms of a, a client looking for their next therapist. So that's what I do a lot uh, with a lot of my time right now is, is this copywriting work um, and helping therapists find the words for what they do. Well, that's, um, that's great. So Hold that on a second here. Cause I'm thinking I need to hire you and I just, just the way, <laughs> seriously, the way you phrase that about um, helping people what find the words to really, you know, communicate yeah. what they do. To me, that really landed as opposed to the term copywriting. Yeah. You know, exactly. and, I, and I love that. And I'm thinking, you know, people are contacting me and they're uh, talking about or asking questions about the business end and stuff like that. And I really don't have a lot of answers for that. But you do. And I want to kind of talk about that, but I'm, I'm kind of itching to, to really ask you about how the heck did you get here in the first place? Tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so it turns out I didn't need to take the GRE, GRE again <laughs> after all, which oh, I okay. wish I had known. Um, I, I left the Bay Area to, um, to start a PhD program on the East Coast and to be back in the kind of in the area of the country where I'm from. Um, I went, I struggled through a year of that program and my initial purpose for being in that program was that, okay, I'd been in private practice a while. I learned the ropes. I'd built a great practice in San Francisco, but then I was kind of scratching my head going, now what, you know, is this it? Do I just, do I just work in this office and see, you know, X amount of clients per week for the rest of my life? Um, it seemed like there needed to be something more. And so I thought, at the time that that thing would be teaching other therapists. And so I thought, well, I can't really teach that many therapists with only a master's degree. I've really got to get the PhD. You know, I've got to, I've just got to keep advancing. And so this seems like the natural way to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that first year, the PhD program was was awful. The things just didn't go my way. Um, both of the people who were there endorsing my research had left the program that year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had some health stuff that was going on that, that made it really hard for me to be a student. And everything was just pushing against me. Um, and it was it was the summer after that first year that I started to do a bit more with private practice workshop and realize, okay, so going, this is just a blog, but now this blog is a coaching business and I'm actually making a little money from this business. Um, and it was from uh, a conversation I had that same summer when I was in, uh, I was actually in West Virginia doing some construction for a nonprofit that I've worked for for many years. And I was sitting down and talking with a guy who had just finished his um, digital marketing degree at, um, at a university in Ohio. And I said, um, what, what's the one thing you would do all day, every day if you could? And he said, Google AdWords, hands down. <laughs> I said, really? That's interesting. I said, because that's one of the things that I teach therapists about, right? I teach therapists how to do their own marketing. But I said, I have a feeling that most therapists would rather just pay someone to do it for them. Mm-hmm. But we don't have a go-to person or company or place um, uh, you know, to, to get that help from. And I said, so why don't you, let's try this. Why don't you do some AdWords for some of my coaching clients and we'll see how it goes. And at the time, that was part of private practice workshop. It was just kind of, uh, it was a beta test of sorts. Um, fast forward um, and we, to, to where we are now, and we have a team of um, seven, about to be eight people um, who are all digital marketing professionals and we're serving private practices all over the country and even internationally wow. now, um, helping therapists fill those empty slots on their calendars. Um, so part of it, part of, you know, everything was kind of working against me in the PhD program. Mm. And then I had this kind of this spark with, with the guy um, about AdWords, which led to one of my companies now. And, and I guess from a broader perspective, I looked at what I was doing through private practice workshop, through the podcast, mastermind groups, all this stuff. And I realized I'm already there. I'm already teaching therapists. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm teaching them about business. I'm teaching them about marketing. I'm helping them with their words and, and better yet, I'm doing it on my own terms. You know, uh, it doesn't have to be APA style, which was a relief. And, um, you know, I just, um, I enjoy, I guess, operating in this system that has, I guess, fewer rules and, um, you know, guidelines that I have to stick strictly to. So I guess I like the creativity of entrepreneurship as much as anything. But um, by all means, I didn't really tend, to, you know, intend to end up here. But but here I am, and this is this is what I do now, uh, on top of you know, owning a group practice. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing that story. I mean, there's there's a lot in there that I uh, w- want to unpack. Um, th- this theme of kind of you know, coming up or pursuing something and maybe hitting some kind of a roadblock or however you want to perceive it. And, but, but then moving on, you know, that certainly has resonated (laughs) and almost defined my life in a sense. Um, Were you in that PhD program when things kind of, you know, quote unquote, weren't going your way, were you, were you bummed about that or? At first, I was, you yeah. know, because we we have an I had an idea of how things were going to work out for my life. <laughs> I thought the rest of my life I would be in, in academia, you know, mm-hmm. having the summers off, writing these really amazing articles and books, and um, working in this this like little ecosystem, you know, and having, let's say, uh, health insurance and right, things like right. that. <laughs> um, 
and all of it just went away. Um, and and there was a there was definitely a, a letting go process. But at the time, I had a couple people in in our industry, in the private practice industry, who I guess really affirmed that this is the right place for me. Uh, and one of those people is Kelly Higdon from Zinimi slash Business School Bootcamp, who's a big big you know name in our in the private practice industry. Um, so I, I I've had a couple guides along the way, just like I had when I was becoming a therapist, mm-hmm. uh, you know, years ago, who who kept me on that path, you know, and, and reassured me that that was the right path. Um, I've had similar guides, I guess, now as an entrepreneur and as a person who helps private practitioners. There's this this sense, you know, I do coaching for uh, people who are kind of transitioning into trauma work or whatever. And it, it almost sometimes it seems easy to be able to, or easier to be able to you know, listen to someone and kind of assess the situation than it is, you know, for our own selves. I mean, I think we all know that. But what do you think the take home here from from that story you told? What's kind of the take home here for for uh, for for the listeners here who are listening to this podcast right now? I, I guess it's to be open to your changing circumstances. You know, um, I. And I'm, I'm, I still struggle with that. I'm still mm-hmm. really working on that in life. And I think in being, being a, a business owner now and an entrepreneur has forced, has forced me to really reconcile with that and being okay with um, kind of the tides of life and the tides of business. Um, I think it really illuminates that for a lot of people um, and, and for, for me in particular. So, you know, I, I guess that's part of it, but also – now that I have kind of, um, I've become more, I guess, solidified in my identity as an entrepreneur and someone who helps therapists now and does less therapy with, with my own clients, it has to still be connected to something. And for mm-hmm. me, that something is service, right? Um, so I've, going back to that nonprofit um, in the Appalachian region, I've worked with them for almost 17 years now helping rebuild houses in Appalachia. Um, so I've been, I've been deeply connected with service from a really young age, from almost as early as I can remember. And if what I'm doing now, even in like doing Google AdWords for therapists, it seems mm-hmm. kind of detached in a way. If, if what I'm doing now isn't connected to that, isn't connected to service, then it doesn't make sense for me. Um, mm-hmm. And there's been times where I've gotten away from it or I've, I've, I've just become kind of lost about that um so i have to keep coming back to it right and um i use my clinical skills every single day you know in the work that i do helping therapists um it's it's really i've used them all along so i guess Mm -hmm. in that regard um if you are like many of us you're there's so many of us are just born therapists right you're going to be therapeutic wherever you are you know, and it's the same for you, Guy, which is when you're interviewing people on your podcast, you, you're going to be therapeutic. You're going to listen well. You're going to listen deeply. You're going to help people go deeper. You're going to create a container for them, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and I guess, you know, I, I see my role as, as the same in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. And I think, you know, as you're talking, I'm really 
seeing a lot of my own story uh, kind of mirrored in that. You know, I was doing, mm-hmm. I was seeing clients and then I kind of segued into uh, doing this podcast and I continued to ask myself, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. I went to school and, you know, and okay, so what is this now? And it's, for me, it's, it's, it is a challenge. It's a day-to-day kind of reckoning with, um, reckon, kind of reckoning how you, you know, you talked about thinking things were going to kind of unfold for you in a very specific way and, and they kind of morphed into something else. And for me, that's very similar. You know, you, I had this idea of, uh, you know, what I was going to do and I can, I, can, I can actually trace back why I had that idea. But that, that things come up, right? And if, you, if we think about that, why we're pulled in a certain direction, um, and we go in, you know, I, I went, you know, to graduate school for a very specific reason. And it's funny that things worked out for me in a different way. What I'm hearing right. in your story, John, is, a, is, and I think uh, our listeners can relate to this too, is this uh, uh, trust, right? Self trust in the, the energy of where our, where we're being pulled, but also what our, what our gut and our heart is, is calling for and leading us to. Absolutely. And that's not always easy. No, it's not. You know, and it, it, it it's really especially when, when you're talking about the, the topic of trauma too, um, a lot of people get into this specialization for very specific reasons, whether they've been bullied or traumatized themselves and absolutely you know and then and working as a therapist or a trauma worker uh how you work with clients oftentimes probably all the time is informed by your own experience um let's absolutely there's, there's so many things i want to talk about here with you but uh let's just take a pause here and share with our listeners what your website is again and um specifically what uh services you're offering there on it yeah, so my my blog and, and my coaching practice are at privatepracticeworkshop.com and uh, my digital marketing company is at www.unconditional.media. Okay. There's no .com. Okay. Unconditional.media um, where we do a large part of what we do is Google AdWords. We also help with search engine optimization, Facebook ads, and then I personally do copywriting work with therapists. Um, so yeah, you know, and again, getting, getting, if we're going to help you get your message out in front of more people, we also want to make sure that your message is clear. Otherwise mm-hmm. any marketing you do, it doesn't matter what you're selling, so to speak, it'll, it'll fall flat, you know? So we, we want to really, try to address your marketing from the ground up as much as possible and take things off of your plate. Cause I think that's the other thing that therapists get overwhelmed with um, very easily. And again, if you are, if you're a therapist and you're seeing 25, you know, trauma clients every single week and you have to run your website and do your SEO and do your AdWords, it's an incredible, it's an incredible load to bear, yeah. Yeah. you know? And so beyond just the technical part of what we do, a really big part of it is 
is also what it does for therapists emotionally to just have one less thing off their plate and to feel supported, to feel like there's someone in my corner, there's someone, even if I'm just the solo, a solo practitioner, you know, working alone in an office, I've got people who are helping me on the back end and doing using their gifts to help my practice grow. And so I think it's we also help reduce the overwhelm of 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 marketing a practice. So in terms of uh, the digital media uh, unconditional media. Who's your ideal client there, and then who's your ideal client for the mm-hmm. coaching you're doing? Yeah, good questions. There's a ton of overlap, as you can imagine. You know, the the for unconditional media, it's any therapist in private practice who wants to get in front of more people and, and doesn't want to take the next six months or a year to try to learn digital marketing themselves. Um, just like you and I went to school for clinical psychology or counseling or mental health, my team is full of people who went to school for digital marketing. This is the stuff they eat, sleep, and breathe. <laughs> and so for us to learn it um, and, and do it as well as they could do it would take years. You know, so for me, I think a big part of just being a business owner is making the right decisions like, like this and going, what is appropriate for me to do in building a business and what is what should I leave to the pros? Right. Because right. a lot of times, um, yeah, you, you can, you, your, your efforts can go so much further when you are sitting with a client or maybe you see one more client a week in order to pay for your bookkeeper or pay for mm-hmm. your AdWords person or whatever it is. So we, you know, we want therapists to be able to just focus on what they're, what they're truly gifted, um, in doing. So, uh, and then for coaching, it's any therapist who's who's stuck, who's trying to level up their business, um, especially therapists who are have gotten some success, or maybe they've maxed out um, a really solid solo practice and they're ready to add a clinician or add a handful of clinicians or scale a new idea. Whether it's stuff like you're doing, guy, whether it's a podcast or um, a membership site or a webinar series or things like that. So they're, it's also for therapists who are ready to kind of launch um, uh, their next big idea, so to speak. Um, th- those tend to be a great fit for, for us to work together. Okay. Before we uh, started recording, John, you talked about, um, uh, you know, you had responded to some of the questions I had asked or s- emailed to you. And one of those was, and I always ask this because uh, a lot of the listeners learn a lot from these uh, responses, but it was about an early clinical error or an early error you made. What what did you have for that part? Yeah, and somehow I found myself telling this story recently. Um, this was years ago when I was working in San Francisco, and um, I was working for a nonprofit there and, and doing doing a lot of in home work and working with the juvenile uh, probation system there in the city. And I remember being having worked with a young a young guy for. Uh, a number of really just a number of months, and we were in a crisis situation where he was extremely upset, extremely dysregulated, um, starting to throw stuff, break stuff, and I remember <laughs> sitting there and thinking, um, like, we need more help. <laughs> we need more help, or this, you know, this young guy needs needs help beyond just like the cops to come and you know make sure he's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, and then <laughs> what the, the deeper realization was, I am the help. Like I am the person in this situation who's here to help him. And I am the only mental health person that he has in his life right now. So I, 
I don't know if it was as much of a mistake as just a moment where I kind of froze mm-hmm. and I had that that feeling of like there's got to be someone more qualified than me to help this young guy and I was it you know I had mm-hmm. had the training I had been doing this a number of years so it was also a matter of my identity catching up and thinking yeah like I I, I help people who have trauma I help people who um, who have difficulties with their emotions and so I guess looking back on that moment, I could have done more. I could have been more active. I could have, um, you know, now I would probably know how to help him in that moment. But instead, um, I just kind of froze and felt like this is too much, you know. And I think he, maybe he knew that too. Maybe he knew that I felt like it was too much. Right, right. And that's not a good feeling for someone who's traumatized, right, is yeah. um, to feel like, oh, great, now my, my, my hypothesis that I've had all along is true, which is that no one can help me too much for, for people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that one. I mean, that's, uh, I think that hits home certainly with uh, a lot of us here, this growing into uh, our own worth as someone who can, you know, provide value and healing, <clears throat> excuse me, just the mm-hmm. presence. Um, I think a lot of it, especially within the context of trauma. Um, I mean, and I certainly felt that there was this desperate need for information from the outside of books and conferences and workshops that was going to really make the difference. And obviously, to a certain degree, that stuff is crucial. And I always say that. But this coming into ourselves as, you know, vibrant, alive beings is, is so... Uh, healing in and of itself. And oftentimes there's a jump to get there, you know, to have that belief. What was it in the first place? Exactly. I don't even think we, we touched upon this. What was it in the first place that got you into this, that, that pulled you into doing this type of work? Uh, therapy work? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, therapy work. Yeah, I mean, nothing, um, nothing unusual uh, from other therapist stories and that I had a great therapist when I was a young person. Um, I, I struggled a lot as a young person and, um, especially through my adolescence and high school. Um, I was a tough kid. I was a tough kid to deal with. And I think, um, certainly that was probably not irrelevant to me feeling frozen in that moment where no one could kind of contain this, this young man, you know? Um, but that, yeah, I mean, in, in short, that's how I got started down this route. And, um, and again, it was about getting confirmation along the way. I had a, a eventually, while I was struggling so much academically as a young person, the first thing that I f- was good at was psychology when mm-hmm. I was early in high school, and that was the first time when someone I think had looked at me and gone, "Oh, this you know this young person is really good at psychology, whatever that means." You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a strange thing to be good at, but um, I just got it. It clicked, and it's just I agree for more. So I'm I'm really lucky. I. I found that and that someone, someone nurtured that in me. You said you were a tough kid in, in what sense? Yeah. So I, um, uh, I was an ADHD kid and mm-hmm. still am really. <laughs> um, but that was, that was a label that was, that was mine from a very early age. And so part of it was that I didn't, I didn't try to perform or even do the minimum because I didn't think it was expected of me. You know, and so I I got into some trouble. Um, you know, I was an anxious kid. I was a depressed kid, and um, 
um, yeah, my teen years were just really hard. And so I, I, in making it through high school, I just kind of barely made it through there and left high school thinking I'm still not good at anything. And so, again, luckily in, in, in getting into a college um, that I later transferred from, it was a matter of finding more mentors there um, who could foster this, this interest in psychology and could also show me how to learn. So that's the other mm-hmm. thing is when I left public school system in high school thinking I'm not a smart person. And then, event, you know, I graduated high school with a two, six, maybe. And I graduated, you know, uh, college at the top of my class with a three, nine, you know, so clearly not a matter of intelligence. It was a matter of, I never really knew how to learn. And I didn't think that anyone really expected me to, to learn to succeed. And that had to change over, over the years that I was, um, in college and trying to, um, trying to become a, a, a different person. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy, you know, as you were saying, uh, you know, you had that belief that you weren't, weren't a smart kid. I mean, I, I was thinking to myself that that's ridiculous, you know, because obviously <laughs> you sound, you don't, everyone can hear that you're very intelligent yet. Uh, when you're, when you're young, we, we believe these things about ourselves and, it's funny too. I had that very similar belief too. But um, I just really appreciate you sharing your story, and I, I think it's really helpful for um, a, a lot of our listeners, John, because there's so many different kind of tributaries of your your story and your life and and what you're doing now that sure. uh, really really resonate here. Um, all right, I just want to uh, remind everyone that I'm speaking with John Clark. His uh, website is Private Practice workshop.com and also unconditional.media. Yep, you got it. Is that right? Nailed <laughs> it. All right. Um, so let's <laughs> touch base here with a, uh, uh, before we close out, a um, uh, go-to book recommendations for, for our listeners. What do you have? Yeah, I've got two. And one of them is, um, it hasn't been out that long, but there's a guy named Donald Miller who's a uh, who actually is a novelist, and that's how I knew him, and I actually met him years ago when he was just a novelist. He realized um, and developed this method for for um, for for copywriting called um, story brand or the story oh, brand cool. method. And so he has a book called Building a Story Brand. Um, and this book, has been transformational for me. I've actually gone through his training as well. And so I actually use the story brand framework when I'm helping therapists to clarify their message. But what it basically does is it, it, we create what's called a brand script where you have a character and that character is in our case, a client. Um, that character is encountering, um, a problem or multiple levels of a problem. They meet a guide along the way who expresses empathy and authority, gives them a plan shows them a process and helps their story end in success and helps them avoid failure. Those are the, the elements of storytelling, whether it's, you know, Hollywood movies or your favorite series or just a, a good book. Um, so Donald Miller has been, you know, using storytelling his entire life and now has grown this massive marketing company in a sense um, of, 
of helping um, companies of any kind um, kind of find the words to to describe what they do. And so that book is incredible um, and a great place to start if you're a therapist and just want to improve your own website, just want to go to your website and um, develop some better language, um, some clearer language around what you do. Um, the second book would be a book called Rise of the Youpreneur. This is by a guy named Chris Ducker with a D. Um, this is more if you. This is about developing a personal brand. So especially if you're uh, a therapist and maybe you want to kind of edge into entrepreneurship or an online business or launching a new idea, this book is incredible. It just came out, um, but it's all about building a personal brand, how to create a following. Um, whether it's an email list or your podcast, whatever it may be, how to basically create that ecosystem, as he calls it, and then eventually use that to develop products, courses, mastermind groups, etc. But it's it's really good for branding in general, but it's also good for a lot of how-to if you are, you know, if you're a therapist wanting to kind of um, um, do some more online business kind of things. Awesome. All right. So the first one is building a story brand, clarify your message so customers will listen by Donald Miller. Exactly. And the second one, Rise of the Youpreneur, the definitive guide to becoming the go-to leader in your industry and building a future-proof business. Chris Ducker. Awesome. Yeah. All right, man. Um, so the website again is uh, private practice. Where are we here? PrivatePracticeWorkshop.com and Unconditional.media. Um, John, you are inspiring brother i love talking to you <laughs> thanks man <laughs> it's been a lot of fun i'm gonna have to have you on my show again soon as well um I, people loved it i've already gotten great feedback so um but yeah if i can help anyone those are two places to find me and um um but yeah i just appreciate you having me here and uh look forward to the next time it's been great thanks so much man Thanks. Cheers. This episode is sponsored by Trauma Therapist 2.0, community to educate, support, to inspire new trauma healers. If you're a new trauma worker, new trauma provider and healer, you're starting out on this trauma-informed journey and you're tired of doing this alone and looking for support, looking to be around a community of other passionate trauma clinicians, I invite you Check out Trauma Therapist 2.0 at TraumaTherapist2.com. That's TraumaTherapist2.com. Thanks so much for supporting the Trauma Therapist Podcast. Once again, if you'd like to listen to the four most recent podcast episodes, including the one I posted this week, you can access those now by going to the TraumaTherapistPodcast.com. That's the TraumaTherapistPodcast.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 